Kate Wilson has taken a 21st century um, view on the kids' publishing business with her independent, multi-award-winning publishing venture, Nosy Crow. They publish children's books, e-books, and highly interactive apps. In 2016, they won the Independent Publisher Guild Children's Publisher of the Year Award. I got through that one for the third time, and the overall Publisher of the Year Award. So please welcome Kate Wilson. Thank you very much. This is um, spectacularly intimidating. I've, I've never known a conference that makes one feel so sadly inadequate as a publisher, because um, I never understand any of it. It also makes me feel terribly old. Um, but there you go. I am um, up here, very flatteringly, designated uh, a change maker, so let's bash on. Um, I could have talked to you about any number of things. Um, in some ways, the biggest change, really, for me in the last five years, has been moving from a corporate environment to becoming an independent, and that's a journey that I know that many of you in this um, industry, uh, that, that's a, a journey backwards and forwards that, that many of you have. But I was asked specifically to talk about the thing that perhaps um, has most intersection with what you're doing, which is how we make apps. Um, just a very quick introduction to Nosy Crow. We are a publisher. We've been publishing only since 2011, so we're only five years old um, at the moment, only been publishing for five years. Um, we are small, there's 30 of us. We are multi-award winning. We are independent. Um, my husband and I own a majority stake in the business. Um, we're London-based. We've published about 250 books and 18 apps so far. And I think the discrepancy between those numbers is interesting and an ind indication of the challenges of, of making apps. Um, as a commercial proposition. Um, when I say we're independent, it does mean that money we spend on apps I could spend on cheese or wine or shoes for my children. Um, so that focuses the mind, I find. Um, the principles when we're making storytelling apps are, um, are really these. We think that on screen, reading is competitive with other media. Damn it, much of it made by you, very irritatingly. So we believe, though, that some screen time should be reading time. There is a tiny bit of me that genuinely worries that we might look back on mass literacy as a kind of blip that lasted for 200 years. Because honestly, before 1835, we didn't have any expectation that every child in the UK, US for that matter, should learn to read. And we began to expect that, that, was, that literacy, functional literacy, was something that we expected children to have as part of our education system. I can absolutely imagine a time when we may decide that being able to read is as arcane as studying ancient Greek. And I find that a terrifying prospect. Children have very high expectations, we believe, of multimedia interactivity and the response from screens. And of course, those of you who are working in the interactive space will have a very clear sense of that. We believe very strongly, therefore, that reading must not be the most boring thing a child can do on a screen. And I look at a lot of story apps, and I see children jabbing around disconsolately and turning to something else. So for us, it's not about adding bells and whistles to existing books. Instead, we want to create new kinds of reading experiences. We want to learn how to do that, and we don't outsource. So in the 30 people, there are the people who make all of our apps. Those are our apps. I'm going to talk to you about one particular app, which actually came out a couple of years ago, but I think illustrates a lot of the things we're talking about. Um, it's an iOS app, like all of our apps. The first thing to say is, from my perspective, this was a collaborative process. I am used to dealing with authors, not actually Kafka most of the time, but authors who work in their garret like that, 
Instead, this was something that was a much, much, much more collaborative and less named process. And that's been something that I found very hard to learn. Many of you, of course, are living in this collaborative sphere is much, much more. So the idea that somebody doesn't have their name on an app is really interesting. Um, the process for us is much less linear than book publishing. Um, I thought it might be like that. It's not like that. Um, I'd like to say it's like that. But actually, lots of time it's really quite like that, I'm afraid. Um, it be, so I'm going to pretend that it's more linear than it is, and I'm going to pretend that we do things in a particular order, because otherwise, if I reveal the full horror, um, no one would get out of here before seven. Um, but the process starts with a concept. In this case, with Little Red Riding Hood, I was looking right back at really old versions of the story, and I realized that there's a version of the story in Provence where Little Red Riding Hood meets a werewolf, a bazoo, and the bazoo says to her, will you take the path of the pins or the path of the needles? he asks as he encounters her in the woods. And that became the essence of our book, of our book app, which was a choose your own adventure. You can see here, she's saying, shall I take the path to the flowers or the path to the feathers? The things that Little Red Riding Hood collects along the way influence the outcome of the app, change the ending of the app. So the child has different experiences every time they go through this story. We then write it. Um, our writing is kind of at two levels. There's a level that's supposed to be indicated by this picture, which is a kind of level with a current, level with a, a direction, which is the narrative, the story that we're telling in text on the screen, because remember my fears about literacy stopping. Um, and then on top of that, we float a lot of dialogue that can be, written, can be accessed at any point. So that, will, that, is, that, that can be, uh, that's non-linear dialogue, and it perhaps gives you more insight into the characters and what they're thinking, but it's not essential to the story. So we're writing two layers of, um, of writing, of narrative. We then go and illustrate the app. Um, the illustration, for those of us who are sad traditionalists at heart, um, you may be pleased to see that it, in fact, does all start with pencil sketches in books. Um, these are Ed Bryan's pencil sketches of the characters and the, um, and the backgrounds for Little Red Riding Hood. Um, the characters are then illustrated in T-form, and for me as a book publisher, this is again a shock. I'm used to publishing things like the Gruffalo, where every time Axel draws the Gruffalo, the Gruffalo looks different. Here we get one shot, and this will be familiar to many of you, at creating that character. And it is movement, it is movement that creates expression. That was a very big surprise to me, big thing for me to learn. Um, we are also illustrating the backgrounds. One interesting thing, again, for me as a book publisher is being used to the idea that I choose how big it is. I get to choose how big the book is. Steve Jobs, Johnny Ive, and whoever succeeds them now, they're the people who decide um, how big my page is when I'm dealing with a, an app. So how we get around that is that the lit-up space is the space you can see. The, bit, the space that's duller around there is space that you can explore. It exists. There is a bigger page than you ever see at any one point. We then um, create, uh, we make this animated. I said that I didn't want books to be the most boring things you could do. An animation and 3D, creating a 3D universe. So we're using the parallax um, element of the screen. So when you tilt the screen, you get a different sense of the, of the universe. You get a bit of a 3D world. 3D world. This is built in Maya. You can see that this, every single piece of foliage, people, is being made in three dimensions. You can see here just the, the bush being made so that when you, you end up with something that is fleshed out, and as the child turns the iPad, they're seeing all of those things. Um, we then animate the characters. So once the characters have been assembled, we disassemble them and animate them. Um, again, using Maya, you can see Little Red Riding Hood coming to life, a process that I think many of you will be familiar with.
And again, that question of how do you create character um, through, through movement rather than through um, illustration. You can see her eyebrows shooting up and down. Is she angry? Is she not? You get a little sense of her as a moving character on the screen. Um, we then had to learn even really basic stuff for a lot of you was really new to us. And I'm going to give you a little insight into the horror of our incapacity in audio. This is me completely ignoring a child actor and having an argument with the other two people who are in the recording booth with me. There's another jar! That's the right intonation. There's another jar. Um, I think, this is I think it is. As you're yeah. pulling it out of the basket... So is it, a, is it a discovery or a confirmation? There's no... Is it, is it, yeah, there, should I do there, both there. versions? I mean, it doesn't really... It, it's Pulling more jars out of the basket is sort of inconsistent with the first jar, which... Should I do, should I do both yeah, of them? She doesn't do the I nevertheless think that we should have something where she says there's another jar. Yes, but, I mean, being able to produce one from the basket is sort of... Should I say it both ways? Okay. How would you say it then? Can you can you give me both? There's another jar, and then um, there's another jar. I think the first one. I think the first one. Okay. <laughs> we would. I just think it's interesting to see how utterly incompetent we were and how we had to learn everything from scratch. So that's my change making. Um, I can do that now. Um, music. We also discovered this was very interesting because I thought music. Ooh, that's okay. Um, turns out that when we commissioned the first music, it had a beginning and a middle and an end. And we didn't know. Turned out we didn't know how long a child would spend. So looping the music didn't work. We had to have a different kind of game-based music to acknowledge the fact that the child was going to spend longer, some kids were going to spend longer, and some were going to spend shorter in the same space. And this is Robin Beanland, who's a BAFTA award-winning um, games uh, composer. We also um, decided we'd code it on our own. I said it was iOS, particularly at the time that we started making these apps. There was no other system that we could use to give the richness that we wanted. We are now working in Unity as well as X language. But um, this is a, a little visualization of the code. If anyone ever says coding is not the creative bit, I showed them this. This is, uh, every, every blob of light is an asset, is a piece of stuff. Every line is a connection between them. And you can see us literally building the app with that little visualization. Anytime it lights up, someone's doing something to it in the system. It's running along a few days, speed it up. Um, we then move on to bug fixing, um, which is just massive, because again, you know, with a book, you proofread it and then it's done. Um, we find the bug fixing is a hugely time-consuming exercise. We're dealing in this collaborative way with very complex uh, material. And we need to make sure it doesn't crash. Um, we then, um, we've really been doing this all the time, but once it's at this stage, we can really get a lot of information from users. Um, and this is a good example of something where um, we had the dragon on the right and we discovered that 90% of children couldn't then see the dragon when they started using the app, so we had to flip it because they were right-handed and most children are right-handed. Um, we get the most fantastic response to this, the material that we do. That's wonderful from a parent looking at the trust that that parent has. Great response from teachers, exemplar educational book app. But really what matters to us is that people like Inez, Inez actually has, is a child with Down syndrome whose mother sent us this image of her playing with Little Red Riding Hood, which makes me smile and almost cry every time I see it. Um, I really love the way that children are responding to these things. This is another app that we've done. You can rule the app you, the way you want to. It does not rule it for you. 
and giving that power to the child is, I think, such an impressive thing for us to be able to do. That's me.